Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me as always is Senior Staff Writer and my co-host Ryan Whitfield. And lo and behold, our long-lost compatriot Joey Alibro has graced us with his presence for a second week in a row. Hey Ryan, hey Joey, how you guys doing? Doing well. All right, and you guys, uh, and, and some of the t- tell me, Ryan, do you uh, enjoy your uh, Thanksgiving? Uh, like always, my Thanksgiving's running around to like 20 different places all week. So I'm actually just getting back from traveling to like my third state in four days. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it was good, but busy for sure. Yeah, I was actually up in your neck of the woods. I was up in, in, in Wyndham, New Hampshire. Man, that place is freaking cold and far away Dude, from New I York. Played, I played. Uh, I played my only uh, one year in Pop Warner, one state. So we went to a regional game, and my only regional game was in uh, up in Wyndham. It was at their uh, their high school field there. So oh, good wow, memories there. <laughs> and Joey, how about you? How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. I traveled down to Florida. Uh, got back Friday just in time for the Georgia Georgia Tech game. Oh wow, way warmer, way warmer than what we had. It sounds like. And <laughs> talking about Georgia Georgia Tech, now you got to be psyched about that Michigan loss. Do you think Georgia's going to slip into that number four? I honestly don't think so. I think a lot of things would have to fall our way, but at least we get to play in. And if we beat Alabama, then we're in. But I don't see that happening either. Right. Well, Alabama seems to be an unstoppable force, and I'd have to say I really did enjoy that OSU-Michigan game, uh, even though I don't like either of those teams. And I did enjoy mm-hmm. uh, Notre Dame sneaking by USC. That was, uh, that was a little bit of a hard stopper for me. So I'm feeling, feeling pretty good about the postseason right now. And, Ryan, I will even go to the game, even if Alabama plays us, and spend all the money I have to watch us get stomped by Alabama, even though I know it's going to be me eating PB&J for the rest of the year. Uh, so uh, that might have been happened. That might have been the second best uh, Alabama team of the dynasty, and this is the best. And of course, it's going to be both <laughs> years that Notre Dame is going to find its way into a matchup yep. with Alabama just to get slaughtered. It's uh, it's really sad. It's going to be really, it's going to be really, really sad. It's going to be really sad, and I'm gonna I'm gonna waste away all my disposable income this year in order to go see it too. So at any rate, let's go ahead and get this started. We got tons of stuff to talk about today. We are going to be talking about the impact of some current rash of injuries from this last weekend. We're going to be talking about our updated top five Week 12 NFL power rankings, our current picks for MVP and all the Associated Players of the Year uh, spots, and some thoughts on Week 13 DFS stacks and strategy and much more. Let's get this started. So first of all, there's been a rash of injuries over Week 12, and a couple of them are meaningful, a couple of them not so much. Let me go ahead and run through them all, and then I'll uh, just uh, let's get their uh, takes on this, guys. So Andy Dalton went to the IR, thor- torn thumb ligament. Uh, he'll be replaced by Jeff Griscoll over in Cincinnati. Marvin Jones Jr. looked like he was going to come back, according to uh, Ian Rappaport. Turns out that's not the case. He's going to go to IR of that knee injury. His year also done. Jack Doyle just got back off of injury, now back on injury, kidney injury, and he is out in IR for the rest of the season. And, of course, the one that probably impacts the most, Melvin Gordon with a pretty significant MCL sprain. I've heard grade two out at least two to three weeks. Not done for the season, but uh, definitely an impact on those surging chargers. So let me go ahead and start with you first, Ryan. What are your thoughts about these injuries? Do any of these things impact 
anything as far as the NFL playoffs uh, or these particular teams in, in, in the, with regard to the players that are going out? So the only one that really matters to me, uh, in my opinion, is the Melvin Gordon injury. And as you, as you noticed, you know, noted, uh, the Chargers have been uh, surging here. And to the point that I was ready to call them the Los Angeles Chargers. And then <laughs> you find out they were about to hold out Melvin Gordon. And he talks his way in onto the game yeah. into the, yeah. against a, a team that they would have easily handled either way and re-injures the knee. And thus, they will remain the San Diego Chargers because they still don't get it. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, I mean, I think that offense is good enough. That, and, and Eckler's have been good enough with his limited touches this year that I think yeah. Eckler's going to be fine in that role. But – you know, if I've, if I've ever heard anything more San Diego Charger than about to sit a guy out, get some rest against a weak opponent, let him talk his way onto the field, and then get hurt subsequently, uh, right. I mean, that sums up that entire organization as far as I'm and, concerned. And in the most Chargers way possible, they ran him on a double reverse where he gets taken out by a leg whip because of a defender going down. It's, you guys are winning! What are you doing running trick plays with <laughs> Melvin Gordon in the backfield? That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Anyway, uh, let's go over to you, Joey. What do you think about these injuries? Dalton, Jones, Doyle, Gordon, any of those things impact anything for you? Any thoughts about those four players? Uh, <clears throat> the two that really uh, stand out are the Dalton and the Gordon injury. Uh, mm-hmm. The Bengals are only a game out of the wild card spot in the AFC, but um, that pretty much eliminates any chance of them sneaking into the playoffs, right. uh, which is probably better off for them because – Maybe Marvin Lewis will probably get fired after the year. So, <laughs> right. Finally. Um, and then in terms of the Melvin Gordon injury, um, I don't think uh, – the Chargers aren't going to knock off the Chiefs for that division, and they're a really good spot uh, to make a wild card, uh, like a top wild card seed. They're up two games on, on pretty much everyone in the AFC uh, mm-hmm. for that spot. And like Ryan said, Eckler's – I think he's more than a serviceable backup. Um, he's averaging 5.8 yards per carry this year. So mm-hmm. I expect them to do pretty well regardless. Yeah, and I think rookie Justin Jackson uh, might see the field a little bit. He actually had a number of carries after Melvin Gordon went out as well. So uh, I agree with you, Joey. I agree with you, Ryan. I think that, um, you know, that the, the uh, Chargers actually should be fine, um, but it's still ridiculous they had him out there. Uh, after they took the lead in the game, after they started taking control of the game, I mean – Quite frankly, Philip Rivers was on fire, setting a record for most completions, most consecutive completions at 25. There's no reason for Gordon to even be playing. So, with that said, uh, dim-witted move, but it probably won't impact them negatively. Uh, tell me, ask you guys about this. Does this cement? Does a Jack Doyle injury cement Eric Ebron to you as a top five tight end in the NFL today? Joey, I'll go to you first. Um, I'd say so, especially with. Um... Eifert out in Cincinnati. Um, Ebron has turned into one of Luck's favorite targets. He's leading the team with 12 touchdowns, and that offense has been pretty much firing on all cylinders with Frank Reich as head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, top five seems a little high given his past with Detroit, but I really like his game this year. Yeah, no, I mean, but there's nothing to take away from Detroit except for the fact that he was terrible there. So not quite worth the 10th pick overall that he garnered there, but he looks like he's getting into form now. What are your thoughts here, Ryan, on Eric Ebron? Does this cement him as a top five tight end? I mean, I guess it's disgusting to say it. Um, <laughs> Eric Ebron to me is like your atypical dumb, 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 dumb football player. This is a okay. guy who, you know, you'll see him catch a – I catch a touchdown in the fourth quarter down, you know, down three possessions and, and help blow a kiss at the fan base. 
you know, and it's just like he's just I didn't think he's a moron. So this okay. is more about the this is more about the horrible tight end class we have in the NFL right now than it does about Eric Ebron. So I, right. I guess I guess you'd put him in there, but yay. Yay for him. Yeah. <laughs> and shocking, Ryan thinks an NFL player is a moron. That's a shocking breaking news, everybody. All right. Well that sounds like we got enough of those uh injuries. Probably, probably plenty more to come as the season goes on. But, uh, you know, that's uh, it's what happens as part of the game. So let's ring the bell on that. Let's move on to the next topic. Let's talk about our power rankings. Uh, Ryan, uh, I'll start with you. You want to give us our top, your updated top five power rankings after week 12? Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, you know, way to, way to make me flip-flop there, Pittsburgh. You know, I, don't, <laughs> I know. Don't put, don't put Ben Roethlisberger inside the five with time winding down because that man – We'll find somebody with an opposing jersey and throw the ball directly at him. I have never seen a play like, yeah. like that that game-ending play yesterday. I mean, he throws that ball over the middle, and, I'll, and I'm going to forget the defensive lineman who jumped up and made the pick. But he makes the pick, and then you see from the other angle that he was covered anyways. Like, I mean, that was – and it, right. the look on his face was like he was – and I forget who the intended receiver was. Again, I've been traveling for nonstop, so my my names and knowledge are going to be a little bit weak this week. But uh, <laughs> right, you know, right. just the look on his face was as if the runner had if the receiver had run the wrong route, or like he was stunned that the guy left up. And I'm like, I think it was I think it was Roby was on underneath on the coverage, and he was like he was going to pick it anyways. So I'll see you later, Pittsburgh. Out of the top five. Thanks a lot. So uh, I, yeah. I and then just so you know, he ended the post game interview. He called it the flukiest of interceptions that he's ever thrown because the guy was. Uh, Apparently blocked into his uh, into his line there, but uh, <laughs> it is. It is. I just want to throw that out there. The flukiest. It is fluky to be picked off on a pass that was going to be picked off anyways. So um, <laughs> another right, Roethlisberger meltdown in the final five. So uh, see you later, Pittsburgh. So I begrudgingly put the Patriots back in at five. Um, I'm going to keep the the rest the same. Honestly, the Bears stay at four. The Chiefs stay at three. The Rams stay at two. The Saints stay at one. Um, obviously, the, the two and the three seed with bye weeks, the so status quo there. The Saints, again, just proved their dominance. And the Bears, you know, I thought that was you know, a division, a divisional game, albeit the early game, but still somewhat of a prime time spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I just I, I think that the Bears continue to, to continue to win games. And to win with Chase Daniels at quarterback shows that the rest of the team outside of Trubisky is really legit. Um, so right. I, I got to keep the Bears at four. Uh, I don't think they're going to crack the top three. I think they're in that second-tier class of the Patriots. But, um, you know, I called it a four-team league for a while right now. I think it's a three-team league. Yep, I, I think I'm there with you. But let's see, uh, Joey, why don't you give us your top five power rankings after week 12? Yeah, so uh, nothing really changed for me this week uh, from last week. I still have the Saints at one after they beat up on Atlanta and Breeze mm-hmm. throwing touchdowns to guys that no one has ever heard of. <laughs> right, um, every guy, so, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I have the Rams at two. They had, they had a bye week, and like we've talked about before, they're probably the most talented team in the league as far as both sides of the ball go. Um, I, again, have the Bears at three, which is a little higher than Ryan. Um, I just see their defense keep improving just week after week. Uh, Eddie Jackson, safety, he's had two interceptions mm-hmm. the last two games. I really liked how he's been playing. And like Ryan said, they didn't skip, uh, skip a beat without Trubisky. So I, I have the Bears at three. Uh, I have the Chiefs at four. They were on a bye this week as well. Um, my only concern with them is their defense could hold them back from really making noise, um, especially in playoff time. I, I could see them going to the AFC Championship game 
possibly even the Super Bowl, but it's going to be a tough road there. Um, I have the Patriots at five over a two-touchdown win over the Jets. Um, their offense just looks incredibly balanced. Brady had, what, 280 yards passing, and Michelle and White combined for over 200 yards rushing. So I really like that from them. Yep. All right. Okay. And I have, uh, and I actually have the uh, the Saints at one, just like you guys. I have the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Bears. But I have, and I have the Chargers at five, even with the Melvin Gordon injury. I actually do think that they have something going on here. Um, pretty, I think I'm, I'm pretty pretty confident that they should be able to walk away with this. And I will say one thing about that Drew Brees guy. He threw touchdowns, as uh, Joey mentioned, to uh, four guys, Tommy Lee Lewis, Dan Arnold, Austin Carr, and Keith Kirkwood. Um, of those guys, um, only Tommy Lee Lewis was, and Austin Carr were actually on their death chart last week. So there you go. turns out that any one of the three of us could have been out there and caught a touchdown from Drew Brees. He's that good. He makes all of us look good. That's uh, It's really freaking amazing. So not a lot of movement, a uh, little bit of question marks there. And, Ryan, how, do you, how confident do you feel that the Patriots actually deserve that number five spot? Because I know you've been down with them a lot. And actually ESPN has had this narrative recently on SportsCenter as well, how the Patriots are the, um, the worst uh, Patriots team to be winning <laughs> in recent history. I mean, it depends how far back recent you go, because um, as Hurley mentioned, Michael Hurley mentioned last week, I mean, that 2011 defense um, was was terrible. 2010, um, it's still a bad defense, and you had that was Gronk and Hernandez's rookie season, so they were starting, you know, to emerge, but they were rookie players, so they hit some walls midseason, and that was the year they got bounced out in the first round by the Jets. And then the 09 Patriots was the team that gave up. The opening uh, carry to Ray uh, Ray Rice, you know, went 60 yards to the house. Brady gets strip sacked on the first offensive play. That wasn't a very good team. So the 09 through 11 teams, I think, were worse. Um, and the 11 team went to a Super Bowl. So you know, it's just I don't I, not to walk down that road, but you know, I don't think this Patriots team is very good. You know, I think the, right. the Jets hang around a little too much on Sunday. But it's this, sure this whole thing of that, like I don't know, like. You see what you see what the Eagles look like a year after winning the Super Bowl, and you see all these other teams with the ebbs and flows. And it's like you know the the Patriots are eight and three, and they're not as good as they have been. And you have people on ESPN slamming deaths about it's over. It's I mean, they're eight and three. And like this is right. a bad year for the Patriots, and they're still going to win the AFC East. They're still probably going to be in the AFC Championship. And I have no faith in the Chiefs or the Chargers in the playoffs or the Steelers. Mm. So I mean, again, mm. they could easily go to the Super Bowl. The best three teams. The only reason I have the Bears so uh, lower than the Chiefs right now is because you're the third best in your conference and you're not going to make it to the conference championship. You can't be number three in the power rankings. That's just it's a rule, tough. in my opinion. So, but I think that the three best teams are in the NFC. Like, so I don't really care who marches out from the AFC. Um, right. You know, I think that this is the NFC's year. And I, I mean, I've already thrown up my head. I just, I think the Saints win the Super Bowl walking away this year. So it's just, it's, <laughs> the rest is almost pointless to talk about at this point. Um, right. You know, we talked about good both both sides of the ball. Or Joe, you mentioned it. I mean, the Rams defense is better on paper, names-wise. Go ahead and look at how the how the, the, the point the point totals the Saints have given up the last four weeks. They've, yeah. they've turned the corner. They look like the Saints yeah. defense of the second half last year, it, even better. The offense is better, and and it's just one of those things that it just you know sometimes it's just your year. I've seen enough championship teams around here to see when a team has the it factor. That's what the Saints have right now. So the Patriots can have number five to make it to even the Super Bowl. They have no shot against a team like New Orleans. And so, Joey, let, let me uh, let's take a peek behind the curtain here. What do you think about after the top five? Who do you have just outside your top five? Do you think has a shot at cracking your top five, depending on what they do down the stretch? Uh, outside my top five, five, six, and seven, I have 
the Chargers. Um, we already talked about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Steelers, and I have the Seahawks after an impressive win over Carolina. Seahawks. Um, I think All we're right. going to grab that wild card spot. Um, they've looked really good after starting 0-2 this year. Um, Wilson's playing out of his mind. Um, everybody thought he would, wouldn't be on the team in a few years, and Carroll would be done as well, but they're proving us wrong. Mm-hmm. All right, but it's tough, though, being in NFC, as, as Ryan mentioned. You know, not being yeah. either the Saints or the Rams means that you have your prospects are low <laughs> getting to the Super Bowl. All right, well, uh, some Real good quick. insights there on the top five. Yep, you, you had something else to add? before we move on, you yeah, know, yeah. just uh, one, team, one team in the AFC to keep your eye on. Um, it's amazing, amazing what Andrew Luck looks like when you get rid of Chuck oh, yeah. Pagano and Ryan Gregson. Uh-huh. That's a good young defense. They fix their offensive line. They don't have to talk about, you know, Quentin Nelson and me and you, obviously big fans. They fix that offensive line. They're playing, you know, run and and pass offense now, um, and they can play both sides of the ball or both, you know, both the run game and the pass game on defense. And I don't know, just look at look at what Andrew Luck looks like looks like right now, and look at what Carson Wentz looks like, and tell me, was Doug Peterson the mastermind last year, or was it was it Frank Reich that was really uh, really made the Eagles' offense so dynamic? So the Colts are yeah. an interesting team. I don't think they make noise this year. Um, as far as the long term, but they could get in the playoffs and upset somebody and look out for them next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. Andrew Luck looks amazing, much better than we all anticipated. And his receivers have really, really stepped up. And Eric Ebron has been a real fine, as we've kind of discussed a little earlier in the podcast. So let's go ahead and ring the bell on that and get on to our next topic. And our next topic is what we think the players of the year in each of these different categories will be at the end of the year, just based on where we are right now. So just after week 12, you know, we're basically two thirds of the way through the season. So let's take stock of where we are. We're going to talk about our rookies of the year in AFC and NFC, MVP at AFC and NFC, defensive and offensive players of the year in both AFC and NFC, and our comeback player of the year. Joey, why don't you get us started? Start us off with the rookie of the year on AFC and NFC and walk us through your list. Uh, this isn't a homer pick, I promise. But uh, for okay. the NFC rookie of the year, I have Saquon Barkley. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just been absolutely phenomenal. He's at 171 carries for 829 yards and eight touchdowns. And on top of that, he has 71 receptions for 581 yards and four touchdowns. And he's currently sitting at third in total yards from scrimmage. I fully expect him to put up 2,000 yards from scrimmage, which I believe hasn't been done since Eric Dickerson. Um, So that's my NFC Rookie of the Year. And then the AFC, um, I was stuck between Bradley Chubb and Baker Mayfield, but I'm going to have to go with Bradley Chubb. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's sitting at nine sacks, which is good for 10th in the league but a bunch of guys in front of them have 10 and 10 and a half, and 10 and a half including Vaughn Miller. Um, I think him and Vaughn are just great together. Um, yeah. Yep. That's what it sounds like. I mean, those are actually surprisingly close to what I have, but I'll keep everybody in suspense. Uh, give us your MVPs, AFC and NFC. Uh, my NFC MVP, to no surprise, is going to be Drew Brees. Um, he's completing a ridiculous percent of uh, his passes at 76.4. Uh, the Saints are the best team in the league, uh, as we discussed before. All three of us agree on that. Um, he has the highest passer rating and QBR in the league, as well as four game-winning drives, which also leads the league. Um, for my AFC MVP, I have Patrick Mahomes. Um, he has 37 touchdowns already. Um, he's also second to breeze in passer rating and QBR. Uh, he's third in yards and he only trails Matt Ryan, the leader, by 60. And every time you watch him, 
it's just I'm just awestruck, honestly. Yeah, I haven't right. seen a quarterback like him in a very long time, and he's so young, and I don't think this is the ceiling. Yeah, 20 more touchdowns, and he gets Heinz 57 catch-up for life. Amazing. That's like, what, a $4,000 value. I'm sure he's really shooting for that. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So defensive, uh, defensive player of the year, AFC and NFC. Um, my NFC defensive player of the year is going to be Aaron Donald. Um, he's currently the lead leaguer, uh, lead leaguer in sacks by three with 14 and a half. And he also has three forced fumbles. Um, what he's been able to do as an interior pass rusher, I've never seen before, honestly. Uh, it's incredible. Um, paired next to Sue, Sue's not done a lot for them, but he takes a lot of pressure off Donald, I believe. But he's my defensive player of the year in the NFC. And in the AFC, um, I'd have to pick probably J.J. Watt. Um, mm-hmm. He's currently sixth in sacks, um, but that Texans defense has really uh, lived up to that potential we wanted to see a few years ago when the Texans actually drafted uh, Clowney. And we know that Watt's missed eight games in his past two years, or he's only played in eight games in his past two years. So we're finally getting to see what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, that sounds good. And let's go offensive. Let's flip to the other side. Um, My offensive player of the year for the AFC is, again, Patrick Mahomes. Like I said, 37 touchdowns, second degrees in pass rating QBR, just outstanding. And in the NFC, I have Todd Gurley. Um, I believe he leads the league in touchdowns, yards from scrimmage, um, and rushing yards. Um, Just absolutely astounding. that Rams offense really runs through him. Um, we didn't see much of him in action in that awesome Rams-Chiefs game a couple of weeks ago, but um, I think he was injured in that game, honestly. He only yep, had 12 yep. touches, I believe. But, he um, did, yep. A big part of the Rams' success is Todd Gurley, so I had to get yep, to him. rolled his ankle, didn't, didn't look right for the rest of the game. That was, a, that was a shame, but it was a fun game anyway. Big, big, big shootout. And it looks like uh, you and I are on a, almost identical wavelengths here, Joey. But why don't you finish us off? Comeback player of the year, AFC and NFC. Uh, in the NFC, I have another homer pick, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, okay. After missing the majority of last year uh, with that ankle injury, he's come back basically the old form, even with a geriatric quarterback and Eli Manning. He has over 70 catches and 1,000 yards with five games left to go. The touchdown numbers aren't there, but like I said, Eli. Um, and then the AFC, again, J.J. Watt, just it's incredible to see him back in form. Um, I know he's a great guy, but he's also just a fantastic player, and I'm excited for him yep. to just keep continuing his career. Yeah, no, I'm. it's always more fun to watch the, the uh, Texans with him in the lineup and healthy. All right, let's go ahead and flip this over here, and we're going to get some reaction in a second. But, uh, Ryan, let's get at your players of the year. Let's start with the rookie of the year, AFC and NFC. All right, for NFC, I wish I could differentiate here or be different but uh, to make it less boring. But, I mean, <laughs> NFC, it's got to be Saquon Barkley. There's nobody else yep. really in the conversation. Um, yep. As far as AFC, I went back and forth using a couple guys, but I'll take I'll take Philip Lindsay. I think when they really yeah, officially like ha- ha- handed over the reins to Philip Lindsay, the offense started to click, the team started to click overall, um, and talk about a guy who's kind of come out of nowhere and really led that team. Um, so I'm taking Philip Lindsay uh, for AFC. 
All right. Yeah, I, I he was high on my list too. I ended up going with Baker Mayfield, but I did I had Philip Lindsay right up there as well. Let's give it give us your MVP AFC and NFC. AFC MVP. God, I want to. Yeah, I'll just say it to be different. I'll go Tyreek Hill instead of. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, same team, different player. I I got it. Yep. So I'll okay, take him. NFC? Yeah, and then the NFC, I can't, you know, that's the reason I had to switch it up to the NFC is because I can't differentiate or be different <laughs> on the NFC side. It's it's hands down uh, Drew Brees. Yeah, I got Drew Brees as well. Uh, we all agree on Drew Brees there. We all agreed on Saquon Barkley on the NFC. On the AFC side, I agreed with uh, with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, and I know that's where you were looking at, uh, and you're just trying to shake it up a little bit there, Ryan, but Boy, this guy is exciting to watch. It just it just totally blows me away. Um, the the fact that at the time he was drafted and they traded up to number ten to get him, and I said, really, I'm not sure if he's totally worth that. And it's uh, he's worth that in spades. All right, let's go with the defensive player of the year, AFC and NFC. So I'll make you happy here, because in the NFC I'm going Khalil Mack. Uh, nice. But he he does uh, have to give ten percent of the award to to John Gruden for putting him in the NFC. So, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'll go back to the AFC. I mean the NFC, and then I'll take uh, I'll I'll stick with JJ Watt in the NFC in the AFC as well. Okay, so that's that's who I ended up with as well. We all have th- all three of us have JJ Watt as the AFC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I have Khalil Mack as well. A little bit of a homer pick, and I I completely see Aaron Donald as a, as a toss-up uh, candidate for that. I think they're 50-50, but Mack has really changed the complexion. I mean, the Bears' defense was good before him. They are really a, a, a whole nother level with him. I mean, he's just absolutely frightening, a one-man wrecking crew, and he's made everyone on that defense better. So I, I have Khalil Mack there as my NFC Defensive Player of the Year. All right, let's go to the other side of the ball for you, Ryan. Offensive Player of the Year, AFC and NFC. So to keep it different, this is alluded to in uh, Joey's power rankings, guys who finished just outside the top five. Um, we should be used to it by now, but what Russell Wilson is doing with a lack of talent around him is absolutely magical in, in Seattle. So I'll give Russell Wilson um, the offensive player of the year in the NFC right now. Wow. Uh, for the AFC, I'll go Kareem Hunt. Oh, wow. you just you're just gonna take every other chief <laughs> other than Patrick Mahomes, just 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 to avoid saying Patrick Mahomes, huh? All right, and, and I, I, I find Travis Kelsey because Mahomes just because <laughs> he was Kelsey, already said sure, Travis Kelsey because I hate him. Okay, all right, fair enough. I also have Patrick Mahomes and and Todd Gurley, so uh, I enjoy agree on those. All right, comeback player of the year, AFC and NFC. Yeah, so this. Uh, I guess I'll start with the NFC uh, a little more and keep it um, a little more suspenseful. So I can't agree with the Joey. I mean, especially after the comments that came out yesterday from Odell Beckham Jr. God, do they need to do you, do you in New York need to get rid of him like a bad habit? (laughs) If I've ever seen addition by subtraction, this kid needs to shut up. My God. And not that he's wrong because everyone was thinking it. How do you not attack the Eagles secondary downfield? That's neither here nor there. You don't come out and right. out your teammates and, and your coaching staff after the game like that. Just shut up, Odell. Oh, my God. Anyway, so I'm not saying Odell on principle. So I'll say David Johnson. Um, 
Obviously a slow start under that boob, Mike McCoy. Uh, but uh-huh. since the offense has been turned over, he's been a much more productive player down the stretch here. And he, uh-huh. let's, be fa- let's face it, he really has, doesn't have a lot around him. So David Johnson on the offensive side, um, I mean, on the, the NFC side, NFC on the AFC side, side yeah. on the AFC side, easy for me. It's Andrew Luck. I mean, yep. I, I, you know, if we go back to, to whatever, whatever he was throwing, like Nerf footballs back in the, back in the summer and people were wondering <laughs> right. you know, tennis balls, right. and, non-regulation I mean, never, size footballs. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, this, this guy was like Zapruder film, people trying to get film of him throwing more than one pass in a row. So um, I had really low expectations. I did not expect this. And lo and behold, he's a top five quarterback again, just like he always was. And now he just doesn't. And now he has smart people around him. So look out, NFL. Yeah, I love Andrew Luck as a comeback player of the year in AFC. On the NFC, I got a guy that neither of you guys took. I got the guy who actually replaced David Johnson when he got injured, and who's actually has is doing really well right now. Surprisingly, uh, to to all of us, I think Adrian Peterson. I think he's actually become very serviceable, and I mean he's shown that he can be the every down guy. Um, I mean, Washington's going nowhere now, but uh, he far exceeded my expectations after a complete flameout last year. So, Adrian Peterson on the NFC side, Andrew Luck on the AFC nope. side. Okay. Well, that nope. is a lot of good information. We're going to go ahead. <laughs> Whoa, protest. That's... I knew there would be a protest. Do not give Adrian Peterson awards. Um, <laughs> there you go, Adrian Peterson. I'm so happy for you. Right. No, you don't get this. There we go. So, there's Ryan blowing us all up again. It's, it had to happen at some point. It might as well be Adrian Peterson, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay again. Don't disagree, but he's done some good things on the field. On the field. Bad things off the field, though. I totally agree with that. Let's ring the bell. Let's get to our last topic real quick, guys. Let's give some DFS strategy to our listeners. Uh, Joey, you want to start us off? Any thoughts on people you want to play or teams you want to play, matchups you want to play in DFS in Week 13? I got two guys I'm looking at in DFS this week. Um, okay. We talked about him before for the Chargers. Uh, Austin Eckler uh, coming mm-hmm. in to replace Melvin Gordon. I think he's a nice, cheap option you can grab. Um, he's playing the Steelers this week, I believe, the Chargers playing the Steelers. Um, yep. So I expect him to have a pretty decent week. Um, my other player is going to be DJ Moore for Carolina. Uh-huh. Uh, they're coming off yep. that loss against Seattle, and they're playing Tampa Bay, who we know's past defense is just abysmal. So I expect him to have a big, big week this week. Yeah, I love those plays. I actually particularly love the entire the entire Panthers offense actually against the Buccaneers. And Christian McCaffrey after his major, major breakout, if you can afford to spend up there, particularly on full PPR sites like DraftKings, I think he is going to break break it open. I mean, he's definitely found his rhythm there. But I love DJ Moore. He's uh, way more affordable, and you get some exposure to that kind of offense against a really bad defense. Uh, Ryan, you got some uh, DFS strategy you like to throw out there? Um, yeah, so right now um, I'm playing heavy on, on for as far as stacks. I'm staying high on the Colt stack. Um, mm-hmm. Served me well last weekend. I like – any goal, max in the concussion protocol now. So maybe maybe mm-hmm. stack uh, Ebron, Hilton, and Luck right now. Um, Jaguars left for dead at this point. So, I mean, I, I love that play. And the other one I love, I'd be interested to see if his uh, value catches up to him this week. Um, but Gus Edwards was a steal last week that in one week, yep. in one, in one league allowed, allowed me to stack um, Christian McCaffrey and Melvin Gordon, and I think I had T.Y. and Andrew Luck. I mean, it was like what you can do for the value you're getting at Gus Edwards and what the production you're getting out of him really frees you up to do a lot around the rest of your lineup. 
after two good weeks, though, I would be kind of surprised if, if that number doesn't come up. I think it was low five. I think it was like five yeah. to one. Um, it was, was really, cheap. It was really on, cheap on FanDuel last week. Yeah, so I wouldn't right. be surprised if that creeps up over six because right. one time might be an anomaly two times in a row. This is clearly the way they're they're moving with him. Um, right, and, so, yeah. and Alex Collins, the, su- the sudden the sudden uh, scratch of Alex Collins at the end, right there before the game started, just certainly helped the value of Gus Edwards, but he's certainly shown he can carry the ball really well there. I'm also big on the uh, on the Broncos versus the Bengals. That Bengals defense has been atrocious, and the Broncos have shown a little kutzbah, I should say, over the last couple of weeks. They're starting to turn it around, so who knows? I, but, you know, Philip Lindsay, I think he's still affordable. Um, I think that you can um, maybe Corden Sutton gets back on track. So I think there's a couple Broncos plays you can have there against the Bengals because the Bengals are so so terrible. And and obviously I love the Rams against the Lions. I think you know you just can't go wrong with those guys. Anybody else you want to point out, uh, Ryan? I mean, if you're playing a, a full week slate, you know, and you yep. can get in on any action with the Saints, then obviously you take that. Um, right. So I'd play that. I mean, Philip Lindsay, I play until further notice. And the and, and obviously, if you want to go an expensive stack with Rams players against the Lowly Lions, um, that's always going to be a good move. Um, just looking it over now. I mean, now I mean, and then yeah, obviously, a Kareem Hunt, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill stack against the Raiders um, should fare pretty well for you. Right. The only danger there is that they might be they might be sitting on the bench in the second half because they're up by thirty thousand points. Joey, any last thoughts on DFS you want to point out? Yeah, I just agree with Ryan, especially on that Chiefs one. Um, the Raiders are terrible. So that's my yep. last thought on that. <laughs> All right, yeah, and I, I, I think that's gonna be maybe even a maybe even a Chiefs defense if you wanna get to that route. I mean they weren't they were actually still productive even allowing uh even allowing over fifty points to the Rams. So uh against the Raiders, geez, uh sky's the limit, I guess. Okay, guys. Looks like we've come to the end of another show. It just always goes so fast. Let's go ahead and blow the air horn on it. And, uh, Joey, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? I'm on Twitter, at Joey Libro. All right. And, Ryan, your social media so people can follow you. Yeah. In the meantime, I just want to come clean. Um, I just took a few minutes to go uh, to go scour the Internet because it's been a while since Adrian Peterson's story. The, the yep. details about the leaves is something I heard on the radio in, in Boston locally years ago. Um, I can't find any evidence on the line to back that up right now, so I will retract that part of my statement, just for the okay. record. <laughs> All right, he there. Did, he did beat him in spots he shouldn't have beat him. But anyways, I digress. Follow me on Twitter, yep. at Ryan Whitfield, N-E. We have no more sponsors, so bye-bye. <laughs> right. Time for newer sponsors, guys. All right, you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. Once again, thanks for wasting time with us, and until next time, enjoy your NFL week. And that button isn't working very well. Well, hold on. Before you hit it then. Oh, well, you I just it hit it. Well, it's right. okay. Well, I just wanted to ask you, is 12 out of 14, is that is that good in a pick'em week? <laughs> just asking for a Hey, friend. man, I still got a five-game lead here. I'm still pretty, pretty good at number one. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. Did you take tonight? A- anybody can get lucky in one week. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Ryan, Joey, thanks a lot. Hey, thanks, everybody, Bye. for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thank you.